Hello and welcome to episode 190 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. Now we can go show And on this episode, we're going to take a look at Jason Bourne, the fifth installment of the Bourne franchise. Paul Greengrass, Jason Bourne, I mean Jason Bourne, Matt Damon <laughs> as Jason Bourne, back together again after a brief hiatus. Uh, and new cast members as well, including Tommy Lee Jones, and he will be our top five for the week. So that's what we got in store for you. As well as our usual other crap, what else we watched, pre-judgment day, a little bit of news. It's all happening. Really sell it. All the other crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, that bullshit we do. But uh, coming off our fourth annual Redbox Awards on the last time out. It was a bit of a mess. We tried a new format. I was not prepared for it. <laughs> but still had fun regardless. Hey, even the big award shows stumble every so often. Yeah. I guess we should have just got drunk like the Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone at the Golden Globes always seems sloshed. But, uh, yeah, I think next year, at least for me, I'll probably go back to ranking my nominees five through one just gives me a little more structure i think i need that but yeah. you know it's a year away so we'll worry about that when the time comes and uh also before we get into the review just wanted to thank my wife on air for throwing me this awesome 30th birthday party over the past weekend <laughs> surprised me uh, actually, yeah. I surprised her because I can't, got home from work early without saying anything and no one was there yet. But uh, it was a fun time. Uh, a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while showed up. It was pretty cool. Uh, and then went to the movies on my actual birthday. Saw Moonlight. So yeah, I enjoyed that's a good it. Birthday. Hell yeah! Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was playing that party by ear till the last second and. By left ear, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I understand. Shit got changed around to the last second because of bad weather, but it was still cool regardless. Yeah, basically, I could have been there for the first hour, but it wouldn't have been possible for me to actually make it to work. Well, or can't have that. I wouldn't have been able to be there for a whole hour, basically. Yeah. Well. For like 15 minutes and roll. <laughs> Yeah, I talk to you every week, so it's all yeah. good. <laughs> That's what I was telling Brooks. Like, I talk to you all the time, but I'm glad you came, you know. But anyway, Jason Bourne, like I said, the fifth installment in this franchise, brings back Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass, and I was looking forward to it. I think it was in my top five most anticipated movies for the summer. It's a franchise that I've, I loved, at least the first three I liked. I thought they got kind of progressively better as they went on. And uh, I don't know, just the fact that these guys were willing to come back after it seemed like they were done with it looked like they had to have, you know, the story that they wanted to tell. But it got bad reviews, 56% of Rotten Tomatoes. Really? That bad? Yeah, which is not great for a Bourne movie. It didn't make a ton of money at the box office, so I'd probably have to consider it a failure, all said and done. Wow. 
Yeah. But also, also stars Tommy Lee Jones, Alicia Vikander, Vincent Cassell, and Julia Stiles. And uh, basically, the p- plot synopsis is, the CIA's most dangerous former operative is drawn out of hiding to uncover more explosive truths about his past. And that pretty much says it all right there. But uh, yeah. I, I was looking forward to it. What were you thinking going into it? And then what did you think of the movie? I I don't know why I haven't seen all these movies. Or I don't really like necessarily don't like them. Actually, I've never like I know I've seen the first one. And I may have seen another, but I know for sure I've seen bits and pieces of most of them except the uh the fourth one. Oh yeah, Legacy with yeah. Uh, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I hadn't seen any of that. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't dreading watching this movie. Yeah, for sure. I knew they were all pretty solid, whatever, and it's a genre that I should enjoy. So, but, uh, I, I fairly enjoyed it. Yeah. I, uh, it wasn't incredible or nothing like that, but it did what it was supposed to do, I felt like, for the most part. It was a little cheesy, but... Yeah. Uh, kind of an action movie, so. Yeah. And the action's pretty good, but, man, you said it. It did what it had to do. And that's what it felt like to me, just going through the motions of here's the plot, here's the, you know, the uh, beats of a Jason Bourne movie, and we're going to hit them beat by beat, just the same as, like, it felt like a replay. And I know all of these movies kind of are, at least the first three are all kind of similar. But this. I don't know. I don't think their hearts were in it, but I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't feeling it too much here. Yeah, I feel you there. I I still hope would hope they make another one and like do it right or something. But uh, I think for me, about like a quarter of the way through the movie, I realized like the plot wasn't going to be like this really clever twist. No. <laughs> and I sort of just threw that out the window and I I think that's why I actually kind of sat and enjoyed it. Yeah. Because I just stopped caring really about like I don't know I figured it out pretty much right away. Yeah. Just maybe a lucky guess like that guy's definitely the guy who killed you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah it started off alright I thought like when it was just him kind of just like living this off the grid life where he's like winning street fights or like whatever kind of fights and betting on himself or whatever he was doing and he knocks that guy out with one punch and stuff like that like that was cool i was like all right here we go then once it got into the actual plot of the movie i thought it was actually terrible as far as script goes like (laughs) This is just the same thing as as the last movie. Yeah. It's like Julia Stiles comes... I didn't even know she was still alive in this franchise. I thought her character was dead. (laughs) Uh, But then here she shows up and it's like, I know something you don't know. And he's like... It's like he just found out in the last movie that who his father was and all this stuff. But now it's like, yeah, but do you know what happened to your father? 
<laughs> it's like each movie is going to be like, yeah, you found out what happened to your father, but did you know <laughs> the day he got married to your mother, something else happened? <laughs> you know, it's like every time, every time it's just him discovering more about his past. And I don't know, it just, it just seemed yeah, like. I, I guess I was a little more forgiving because I haven't really seen them all, even though I, I kind of get the gist. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be cool if they switched it up and just had him being like a regular operative or something. But Or going rogue. and Yeah, I don't know. They got to figure something else out because <laughs> just him. Like, I didn't buy that he was that invested in this. Like, it ultimately didn't really – I don't see why it mattered the information that he needed to find out. And it was just so clear that they could have – he could have found this out in the last movie, but this is just tacked on, you know, for a reason to write another script. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I said, it just – it actually made me question my love for the series as a whole because <laughs> I'm like – was this always was this were these movies always this generic and this like here's a person just talking on a headset about oh my god it's Jason Bourne and then there's Jason Bourne going through the city it I don't know it, I need to rewatch the older movies just to reassure myself that I actually do like in a way interesting yeah see the way I saw it pretty early on was this <clears throat> this is a action movie that's sort of pretending to be a spy thriller yeah yeah, yeah. like it's kind of pretending to be intelligent and it's really just a bunch of blabble or whatever yeah true and what? alicia vikander she's where is she from uh ex machina she accent normally oh yes yeah, she's from, like, I want to say Nordic country, like Sweden, Sweden or something movie, like that. In this movie, I don't think her accent sounded bad or anything like that, but, like, I kept looking at, like, her jaw or something when she was talking. Like, it looked awkward. Yeah. And maybe that's not her fault or whatever, but I, I did notice that throughout the movie. Like, I kept, when she was, like, talking. I would say all the performances to me were weird they kind of felt lifeless like tommy lee jones is just mailing tommy it jones in just cash a paycheck. <laughs> yeah holy crap and then i don't know there was like how did just what did they film these in empty rooms by themselves these scenes and there's nothing to work off of or something i don't know but i mean i think matt damon was pretty much the same as ever he always yeah. gives it his always great actor and i just think the script was failing them and, oh, no, I totally agree. It wasn't that strong of a story to prop them up in the first place. Yeah, so. like I'll go through the list. Tommy Lee Jones, obviously great actor. And yeah, he can mail it in from time to time. But this was like insane. <laughs> Maybe one of his worst performances of his career. Alicia Vikander, we've seen her be great before. Uh, they did nothing special with her at all. Just have her standing in a room or sitting in a car and and talking in stilted dialogue. Uh, Vincent Cassell, like, he could have been a really cool villain 
as the uh, what was his little code name, whatever the operative or something, and yeah, ass whatever. Like, it was. Yeah, the asset or something like that, and he could have been a badass villain, but even him, I thought, kind of there was listless. It was like there was it was not propulsive. It was not thrilling for a thriller. And while some of the action scenes were really good, like some of the car chases were good and some of the hand-to-hand combat and like when he grabs the Molotov cocktail out of someone's hand, throws it down, like there's cool moments like that for sure. Like obviously Paul Greengrass still knows how to film an action scene and Matt Damon knows how to, to act it, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like even some of them are a little drawn out though. Yeah, that's true. A little less special than... I remember the other ones being anyway. And I never really had much of an idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> Plot wise. Yeah. Like, it was hard to follow just because it was hard to care. It was... I pretty much just knew Tommy Lee James was the bad guy. Yeah. And Vincent Cassell was like under his thumb. Yeah. And so I just assumed that he was going to be the. Right, right, right. The one who, there was the one who pulled the trigger and the one who gave the order, essentially. Yeah, and you also have Riz Ahmed in here. I mean, he is showing up everywhere. <laughs> As He uh, was a... It, it fit him to be... I mean, his role wasn't... I guess his role was theoretically important, but really, it wasn't. It's one of my least favorite... Uh, I mean, not his performance. Like I, that, He did fit that role. I think that's good, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, good casting. Yeah. And this is a movie problem in general, but when they, whenever a movie, and especially this movie, tries to do something with technology, oh my god, they just don't, they can't do it. Yeah. All it is, it's like, like when Julia Stiles is stealing the file where she finds out the information, it's literally a file on the screen, it's like, black operatives. Yeah. <laughs> Click and drag it. And then, oh my god, I don't know, it's just anytime they're like, oh my gosh, he's on to something. And then you just hear the keyboard, you know, going as fast yeah, as possible. Yeah, hacking looks like it's a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anything that had to do with technology in this movie was just dreadful. Yeah. It actually reminded me of, uh, and it made me appreciate that movie we reviewed a, couple, a year or two ago, Black Hat, a little bit more. Yeah. Because that movie at least got technology a little more right. They just tried. In the least. ballpark. <laughs> yeah. They didn't just like whatever. Yeah. If if that movie had Matt Damon, and I don't hate, I didn't hate, uh, what's his face, Thor in that lead role, but if that was the Bourne movie with Matt Damon instead of Thor, Chris Hemsworth, then I think that would have been a better movie. Speaking of, uh, like, doing technology, if you ever go back and watch movies from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, and see, like, what they used to do, people with keyboards. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, mash on the keyboard really quickly. Like Hackers with Angelina Jolie. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just ended up saying, like, what is the point of this? Like, why did they decide to come back and make this movie? And the only answer I can come up with is they got offered a hefty paycheck. Yeah. Because, man. And like you said, though, if they did make another one, 
and they came back again, I'd still be anticipating it just because I know they have it in them to make a better movie, a yeah, good, a good version like, of it. There's a there's a little bit of a twist at the end of the movie, and it'd be cool if I gave a shit by the by that point. But but I I sort of liked where they were going a little sort of bit, but it does make it seem like they would just repeat the same thing the next time. Yeah, that's true. And they'd have to, I mean, they went in a completely different direction with the Bourne legacy and people hated that. I actually like that movie better than this one. Um, really? Yeah. It was long and it kind of wore, wore off and there was some stupid stuff in that movie as well, but especially the beginning first act I thought was really cool. And, uh, it had some different ideas, at least. Yeah. I'd actually, like, maybe if they do another one, they can have Jeremy Renner and Matt, uh, Matt Damon, like, work together or be against each other. Legacy meets identity. Who knows? Well, maybe that just kind of goes to show, like, what Bond has going for it. How it's a little more open-ended with how they can do their stories. And yeah. That's why it's been so popular for so long. Yeah, I mean, wonder if if uh, if they could do something like that with Bourne, where it's like it doesn't have to be tied in all together in a sequ- sequential story. They could just like maybe go back to when he was under their control and just show a mission yeah, or something that'd be like interesting. that. Interesting, even know. if it was like like Damon moved on or something. Yeah, just kind of like rebooted it every time or something, but. I don't know. Is it born um, like a Clancy thing? Tom Clancy? I think so. I haven't read any of the books or anything, but that sounds right. But yeah, maybe uh, Jason Bourne can have the Tommy Lee Jones role in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's back in it. And he's the boss. No, I don't know. I actually rewatched the trailer because I watched the movie a while ago and I rewatched the trailer just to kind of get the vibe back of you know, some of the scenes and stuff. Yeah. And it played like a parody, like a Saturday Night Live parody of the of a Bourne movie to me. I mean, even the line in the trailer, remembering everything doesn't mean you know everything. Like, it just felt like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Uh, anyway. See, at the same time, though, I felt like I enjoyed this movie more while I was watching it than... Like, as I'm actually breaking it down and thinking about it. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Like, yeah, it's not a painful watch. It's not a terrible movie. It's yeah, not... like, I had no problems sitting through it. Yeah, and but... it's competently made. It's just, like, I don't know. I just think it, it comes from this. I think it's the script. I think that's it. They didn't have the script, and yeah. they had already decided they were going to make this movie for the summer of this 2016, and just got to roll with it at a certain point, I guess, but... Yeah, I don't know. Not much else to say, really. Yeah, I gotta totally agree there, though. It's definitely just a weak script. Yeah, it's a shame. Love the series, and uh, who knows? I would rank the movies real quick. My favorite was The Bourne Ultimatum. I think that was the one from two thousand seven, the third one in the franchise. And then I'd go Identity, the first one, Supremacy, the second one. Legacy with Renner, and then this in last. Wow. So what do you give it? I give it a 5 out of 10. See, I'd give it a 6.5. All right. That's fair score. I could see that. 
I don't know. Maybe my expectations played a bit into it. And even though I did keep hearing like bad things, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that Damon and Greengrass together could make a bad movie. Yeah. And I guess uh, I was wrong. But we talked about the Redbox Awards last episode. We, we might be hearing about Jason Bourne on next year's Redbox Awards as far as biggest disappointment goes. It's It's the leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah. First movie of the year. That we're <laughs> Full in <laughs> Yeah. It's also in the lead for best movie of the year. So it went for uh, 2017 being a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we get to this like fall, winter season award show stuff. More award worthy. But it'll come in time. Uh, all right. So let's get to our top five Tommy Lee Jones movies. I actually am surprised how little of his movies that I've seen. I mean, I've seen a decent amount, probably like 15, but just for, he seems like this big name when I hear his name. Like he seems he's like in he's something. in everything too. Yeah. And I, there's probably a lot of good stuff that I haven't seen, but I actually, uh, I only had like seven movies that I would actually like full on recommend, but he's definitely been in some great stuff. So, and he's yeah. he's a good actor. Seventy years old. It's hard to believe he's that old. But wow, yeah, he's still capable of putting up good work. Because uh, the Homesman, which came out either last year or the year before that, was a really strong western. That's an honorable mention for me on this list. And uh, yeah, he proved he still had it. But I'll kick it off with my number five. All right, I'll go with uh, the Fugitive. Him and Harrison Ford chasing after each other. Well, I guess not after each other. He's after the fugitive. I think he was like the main cop. And uh, I don't know. That's just like a fun 90s thriller. Yeah, I remember it being on like TNT. Oh, yeah. Perfect for a cable channel. And yeah, I love how they can stretch like an hour and a half movie into three hours with all the commercials. And (laughs) it's like a movie that you kind of. At least for us at our age, you that's how you see it is on this cable channel. So you can almost segment out the movie is between commercial breaks if you've seen it enough. Oh yeah. Yeah, but, I know what you mean. Yeah, like but anyway, yeah. It's a, it's just a solid action thriller. I wish Jason Bourne was as good as the fugitive. I wish a lot of movies were as good as the fugitive. Yeah, um, what should my number five be? I guess I'll give it to Double Jeopardy. All right, yeah, that's a good one. That was that was an honorable mention. Yeah, I uh, similar style to The Fugitive, like yeah. that 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 time period. Yeah, it's a. Summer blockbuster of its day, I guess. Yeah. Or not blockbuster necessarily. But, but back when, like, original movies were being yeah. made in the summer. And I'm sure, I bet it came out in the summer. Yeah, I would imagine so. I always get uh, that movie and, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called. I get a lot of those yeah, no, there are so many. Yeah, there's just so many. Taking lives. Uh, uh, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like most of them starred Morgan Freeman in some way or another. <laughs> and yeah, definitely a lot of uh, late 80s, early 90s, just generic thrillers. They usually were pretty good. But my number four uh, is called In the Valley of Elah. This is a movie that kind of, an indie movie from the mid to late 2000s where uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays an ex-military like cop or something like that. And I think his son went missing during the Iraq war. And he's like going on an investigation to find out what happened. And Hilary Swank is in it. It's got a good cast. It's just, it just was a movie that completely came out of nowhere. Not even sure why I watched it at the time, but yeah, I've actually I've seen like seen it somewhere before. Oh, really? I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, it was. It's just it was a big surprise, and thought it was really well done. A great, great performance in the lead role by Tommy TL TL TLJ. Yeah, that's his initials. And uh, yeah, I'd recommend it if people haven't heard of it, or if you have and you never gave it a shot. It's it's worth watching. Alright. Well, number four is a movie called Emperor. Sounds, I sounds familiar. Watched within the last six months or so, I believe. I think it was on Netflix for a little while. Okay. What's it's it about? about? The end of World War II. Um, in Japan, Tommy right. Lee James plays Douglas MacArthur. That. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying something. No, I was just saying, I think I remember you talking about this when you watched it at the time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I think I liked the movie a lot more than most people would. But, you know, I just like history and stuff like that. Yeah, sounded good. But it's about, they're trying to figure out whether or not the emperor of Japan actually ordered like Pearl Harbor. Okay. And all this stuff. And then there's also like this love story tied in where the guy who is trying to figure all this out had a wife or girlfriend that was from Japan and she went back when the war started. And I think this is based on something real where, um, his job during the war was to, like, send the bombers, like, send the bombing routes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he kept putting the routes around this town that he knew she was from. Hmm. Because we were we were actually, like, firebombing the civilian population in the surrender. But, but I don't know. It's just, that's twist throughout this whole investigation and... Like, kind of turns out that the Emperor is sort of just a figurehead. He kind of should be blamed because he's the leader, but... Yeah. But I don't know. I thought it was a really cool story. It's slightly based on true events. I'm sure there's a lot of Hollywood in it, but... I thoroughly enjoyed it for it being kind of a love story. I I feel like it was kind of in a awards contention back when it came out if I'm remembering correctly I don't remember like I had no knowledge of this movie existing 
feel like it had to uh, be. Although a... uh, acting is pretty good, by the way. Uh, there's a Japanese guy who I've seen in other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember all the actors' names right now. Sorry, I got a cold. My brain's not. It's <laughs> all good, man. Yeah, Emperor. I feel like that had to be one of the, at least one that was attempting to be like awards worthy, you know. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, I would definitely recommend it. I'd probably give it like a seven and a half. Cool, yeah. Well, my number three is a movie where Tommy Lee Jones only has a smaller role, but it's a Marvel movie, Captain America, the first yeah. Avenger. He's like one of the military people uh, back in the past, World War World War II. Uh, I think he's like the commander of... What's her face? The his love interest in the movie, man, Agent Carter. There it is. There you go. And uh, yeah, that's just one of my favorite Marvel movies. Talked about it a lot. Um, I think it's probably close to the bottom of the top five anyway of Marvel movies. Now there's been a few more that have come out that have kind of beat it out in the rankings, but I just love the the uh, period piece setting and. The look of the movie, the action's decent. There's not a ton of it, actually, but it's not bad at all. I love the Red Skull as a villain, and, uh, yeah. Captain America, one of my least favorite Marvel Comics characters, one of my favorite Marvel's movies characters. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) All right. Number three. My number three. It's been so long since I've seen this movie. But I know it's pretty crazy and awesome. It's Natural Born Killers. Yeah, this might be one of my most over... I feel like it's one of the most overrated movies of all time. But it's been a while since I watched it. And I might, yeah, might because think I it. feel kind of the same way. But it's been so long. I would like to actually sit down and yeah watch the whole thing i just don't think i was prepared for it when i watched it the first time like i was not expecting how weird and trippy it was with like the imagery and stuff like that like the scenes that actually had woody harrelson and and uh can't remember the actress's name but those scenes were actually really good but it seemed like there was too much weird stuff in between for me i don't know i probably would like it better now yeah yeah i want to be like ready to watch that movie because I remember it being hard to watch yeah like initially just and I I like weird stuff like that sometimes too it's I'm nothing against that I guess yeah. yeah I guess I was the same as you where I was like what the hell did I get myself into <laughs> yeah I think Juliette Lewis is the the girl's name but yeah it's like when I watched it, I didn't have... Like, I've watched movies that have been super weird since then and enjoyed them immensely. So, yeah, maybe my palate was just not as refined as a movie watcher back then, but I'm with you. Cool. Uh, our top two are probably the same, but I'm going to yeah. go... Number two for me is Men in Black. Same. Yeah. Just a classic. I mean, again, mid-90s. Yeah, Will Smith. Remember seeing it in the movie theater? Hell yeah! <laughs> Great opening scene with Will Smith chasing the guy, and then turns out he's an alien, and then he learns about all, like it's a movie that's like ingrained in my brain. Yeah, 
just seen it so many times growing up and and there's been sequels men in black 2 i don't think is that great the third one's not bad but it's a it's a cool little franchise it's a great world building great villain i love uh vincent d'onofrio as the sugar guy (laughs) and uh just so many different like creatures and aliens and and ideas the mind eraser special effects are pretty good yeah, for sure. Uh, the mind eraser is a pretty cool idea, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. a lot of things worked with that movie. Absolutely, and I don't know if it holds up completely, but I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say it does. I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. But yeah, so you go ahead with your number one then. No country for old men. No shit. <laughs> yep, that's my number one as well. This movie is uh, incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Coen Brothers, probably one of their best movies. Yeah, probably one of the better movies. Yeah, so well made. Talk about great villains. Yeah. Anton Chigurh, man, that guy's a badass. <laughs> Maniacal. Yeah, man. Yeah, the the whole movie's really like ominous with him and Yeah, every all the acting. Josh Brolin. Um, yeah. I feel like what is Woody Harrelson in that too? I can't I think he is. I feel like he is, but yeah. Such a great, like deadly serious like the Cohens can make comedies, they can make dramas. Like this was deadly serious and uh Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's in my top 50 of all time, probably. Or at least in my top 100, for sure. If I had a list, I think it would be pretty high up there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones' character is um, not one of my favorite parts of it, but he's probably underrated. Yeah, I, I think he's... I think he makes everything else kind of work a little bit better. Yeah, he kind of sets the tone exactly. He's like the the spine or the backbone where all the the meat of the story can really latch yeah. onto. Or he kind of lets everyone else shine doing their own thing, kind of. Yeah, yeah. But for sure. Any honorable mentions? Um, rules of engagement. I don't think I've seen that one, but is that another like late eighties, early nineties thriller? Yeah, it's uh, Samuel Jackson. Oh, okay. It's about I'm pretty sure it's about they're trying to basically pin something on Samuel Jackson. Like he did some like use force wrongfully. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how it ends up being, like if he's innocent or guilty or whatnot but it's a pretty solid movie yeah 2000 actually okay it's made wow. like one of those like 80s movies yeah same kind of idea uh all right yeah any other ones no that's all i had written now yeah i had the homesman like i said and i also had lincoln uh the steven spielberg movie from a few years ago it was actually i th- like i didn't think it was great but it's still a solid movie and tommy lee jones Gives an amazing performance in it. He's probably the best part of the movie. Really? Have you seen it? No. I mean, you're fine. You're not missing out 
on a ton, but it's great performances all around, and the courtroom stuff is is fantastic in the least. So. Let's see, he was in U.S. Marshals. I think that was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all kind of blend together. He was in JFK. That's right. See, I didn't really like that movie that much. Again, watched it a while ago, so. And it's Oliver Stone, just like Natural Born Killer, so I don't know. Might be due for a rewatch. Yeah, I think. Uh, Long ass movie. I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing or not. I think I watched it in school. Yeah, well, it had to be over multiple days. Yeah, well, I don't. I think they just played it one time and then. Yeah. Just, you know, Back to it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think it's over three hours. Um, yeah. But speaking of movies that are way too long, let's get into what else we watched. I watched The Accountant, which I know you watched like a month or two ago. Yeah. Man, that movie is long. For what is it, it is. I don't remember it being long, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's like two hours and 20 minutes long. <laughs> And just for what it is, that seems... I mean, it really dragged on. But anyway. See, I might have enjoyed it a little more because I was sort of doing stuff while yeah. I was watching it. Well, don't get me wrong. I actually was going to just say that... Well, first, the movie is about Ben Affleck as a autistic kid who grows up to be an accountant for, like, mob bosses or at least criminals. And turns out he's got some kick-ass special abilities, can shoot a gun like crazy, does some martial arts type stuff and uh but yeah so i had heard very mixed things about this movie and i actually listened to the slash Filmcast review about it when it came out and they just like tore it to shreds made it sound like one of the worst movies of the year so i actually was pleasantly surprised when i watched it because i think it's it's pretty well made it's got some really cool action stuff like uh i don't know if you remember at like the farm scene or whatever when he goes yeah, to the yeah. older couple that are getting yeah that's pretty cool yeah like that's like there's some really good stuff in here but it is is really long and it's really silly <laughs> like it's really stupid in a, in like uh not the worst way it's almost like so bad it's good in a way yeah i, I mean i know what you mean i guess i felt the same way like I played that movie just because I had it, and I don't know. I expected it to be absolutely horrendous. And yeah, it wasn't. So I was like, oh, that wasn't. That was yeah, right. yeah, that's kind of how I felt because it's. I feel like I the way I feel about the accountant is the way you felt about Jason Bourne. Like now, all I can think of are negatives to nitpick and and kind of like talk shit about it. But when I was watching it, I was kind of enjoying it, even though I could see the bad stuff about it. Like, Ben Affleck, his performance, not the best. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, there was only... It's kind of an odd position. Yeah. He had to be kind of, like, quieter. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But... But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I was, like... Surprised. I, I gave it a 6 out of 10, which I did not expect to. Like, it's still, it, it has its faults, for sure. Anna Kendrick is completely wasted. I thought she would have a bigger role yeah. in it. Um, I agree. Like, John Bernthal, actually, not bad. He's a pretty cool character in it. 
Yeah, I liked him in this movie. Actually. Yeah, he's hit or miss sometimes with me. Like he's awesome as Punisher. Didn't love his character in The Walking Dead, uh, but loved him in Fury, and didn't love him. I in think you'll like him stuff. a lot more after season two. Oh really? Well, I've already yeah been there. Okay. Once he shaved his head, yeah, he was a little bit better for some reason. John Bernthal with the shaved head is the best John Bernthal. But I, I mean, not to like spoil anything for you, but I think that sort of plays into things going a little bit farther into it. And then it's eventually that's old news, but yeah, well, I'm going to lives with guilt or something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, we're on middle of season three now of the walking dead. Oh, okay. We're flying through it. Well, actually, I haven't watched every episode. Like I, like I predicted, Sam was just burning them. And whether I'm there or not, she's going to watch it. So, And I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with it. I just, I'll try to catch as many as possible. And then once we catch up with the show live, I'll watch it every week. But I do want to say about The Accountant, I love the very end. Like, uh... Spoil, minor spoiler, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> when they shoot the guy at the end, like I loved how uh, gangster it was. I guess like there wasn't this long drawn out like close your eyes or nothing like that. He just yeah, that's they're true. having a conversation and he just they're having to shoot the guy in the head. Yeah. And they're really opening up for a sequel, aren't they? Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> I. I can't see it happening. I don't think it did great at the box office, but you know what? I would watch it. I don't know what you call it. The Accountant 2. I thought the uh, the uh, secretary thing was sort of cool, though. By the time it happened, I sort of was, like, guessing it, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, it's very predictable. Like, there's a... Like I said, so many negatives, but just really well put together for what it is. Yeah. What uh? What did you watch this week? I watched the first episode of The Young Pope, not The Young Priest. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was a <laughs> priest at some point. It um. All right, so Jude Law. Jude Law. It's oh, why is her name tip my tongue? What actor? What are we? What are we? Like? Actress. Let me see. Yeah, uh, the young pope stars Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. Uh, yeah, people are saying that this is maybe one of her best performances in a while. Really? Yeah, I've been meaning. I wanted to watch this before the <laughs> podcast, but I didn't get a chance to. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. But how was so, it? So it's definitely a little poppy, like. Uh, I don't think it's I'm sure it has a message to it but I don't think it's supposed to be taking literal like serious mm-hmm. it's just kind of menacing for fun but I don't know the first episode doesn't really tell you what the show's about exactly like obviously it's about him being this pope but his intentions aren't clear, but it's clearly something bad about him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe at least bad for the church. 
they haven't really made him out. They make him seem like he's a very immoral person. Right. But I heard there's a question of whether he even believes in God. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And, um, I don't know, without giving too much away, it's in the first episode, so I don't think it's really a spoiler. Yeah. Diane Keaton is actually his mom. Oh, okay. And it's being held. Or not being held. Like, people just don't know. They just arranged it. Mm -hmm. So he was, like, raised, essentially, to be a priest. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is it entertaining? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I want to see more. I think it, it's a miniseries, right? Or is it... A, <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Ten episodes. Um. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of didn't know this show came out, and I kind of watched it when I didn't exactly have the time to do it. So I would like to go back and actually watch the first episode again. But yeah. I remember. I, I'm definitely going to at least keep watching for the moment. Cool. Yeah. I remember when we did the prejudgment day on it, you were looking forward to it. So, yeah, I'll try to catch the next ep- like the first couple episodes. By next time we record, it'll probably be two episodes out. I'll try to watch them before then. We can talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Jude Law is definitely a good pick for it. Uh, he, he plays the role really well. He's an underrated actor, I feel like. Like, I can't remember him ever being bad, but he doesn't stick out in my mind as, like, one of the yeah, great Even actors. if a movie isn't great that he's in, he's still yeah, yeah, the best part, for the most part. Unless I'm forgetting something, but yeah, I can't think of one. But uh, the director of The Young Pope is actually, he's usually a movie director. He's Italian uh, director, Paolo Sorrentino, who... I haven't seen any of his movies, but I've heard good things about youth and the great beauty. So that's interesting. Uh, youth. I can't believe we never reviewed that with uh, what's what's their faces. Um, uh, Harvey Keitel and what is the old uh, Paul Dano's in it? Michael Caine. That's the star. Oh. Yeah, but. Yeah, that's interesting. Young Pope. Well, I watched, before I get into all the movies I watched, um, I watched the first episode of the new show on FX, Taboo. Oh, I've heard about this. Starring uh, Tom Hardy. And written by Tom Hardy as well as Stephen Knight, who did, um, what did he do? Locke, a movie I liked a lot. And I don't know, this, this show is getting a lot of buzz. I think it's actually like a trans plant or a uh, import from from BBC over in England and oh. I think it's like eight hour and a half episodes or six six or eight hour and a half long episodes and I don't know people are raving about it I didn't love it I'm certainly intrigued I liked it but it just some something about it was keeping me at arm's length I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna give it another episode or two, and hopefully it'll hook me a little bit more. But I don't know. It has this weird, dark tone that it's kind. Of, it, to me, it seemed a little dull. But then there were moments where it kind of popped, and I don't know. I'm still iffy on it. But I got you. It's like the story of Tom Hardy plays this guy who 
he's long he's the son of a rich man who has passed away and i think it starts off at his this funeral and the, the man's daughter is there and she's apparently getting the inheritance and is going to donate it somewhere see it's even the story is a little tricky to follow it doesn't really spell it out for you it's a little more subtle but Tom Hardy comes comes in. They thought he died in Africa like years ago. He shows up. People hate him. He's apparently like just a bad dude, bad seed. And he's come to claim his inheritance because he's the older sibling. And it just kind of starts this thing where he's reestablishing himself in this town. And some weird stuff going on. But oh. it, it's interesting. Tom Hardy, obviously, great performance. It sounds kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it, it, the premise is is neat, and actually, it's got a few actors. Like the daughter from the, his sister, Tom Hardy's sister, is played by uh, Rob Stark's wife from Game of Thrones. And, oh, okay. And like the priest or or someone, one of the uh, head honchos of the town is played by the guy that played the the High Sparrow from Game of Thrones. So there's some. Uh. Familiar faces, good actors. It's uh, just it hasn't completely in, in, enveloped my brain yet. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's missing, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to keep watching to find out. <laughs> All right. So I, I watched some other movies, uh, mostly movies that I'm hoping we can review in here, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But like I said, I saw Moonlight. Uh, for my birthday that we went to dinner and a movie and I wanted to see one of the big movies you know La La Land Manchester by the Sea Moonlight something to make it worthwhile going out to the theater yeah and just Manchester by the Sea wasn't playing anywhere that's the one I wanted to see the most so for whatever reason that wasn't playing and it was between La La Land and Moonlight and I actually ended up seeing them both but on my birthday, went and saw Moonlight and loved it. Uh, this is the story of a young black man in a poor, or he starts off as a boy. It's like the story of his life set in three parts, almost like the place beyond the pines where it's uh, basically three short films stitched together, but same character, just different times in his life uh, when he's like eight years old I would say eight or ten and uh in the first part and then the second part he's like in high school I want to say junior or senior in high school and in the third part he's a young adult probably in his mid-twenties and uh man I think it's probably the best movie of the year like we were saying at the award show how there's hasn't been that movie right that's truly great it's yeah. been like some good movies some really good movies but nothing like Amazing. Well, Moonlight is the one for me. It's it's incredible. Wow. Uh, can't wait to review that on the podcast. Uh, I'm rooting for it hardcore for Best Picture. Well, haven't seen Manchester by the Sea, so maybe I'll change my mind. Hopefully that one will be just as good. But I, I think it's – I would recommend anyone, if you can see it, especially before the Oscars, you know, check it out and then see if you have a rooting interest – uh, on Oscar night. Yeah. But like I said, I also saw La La Land. And um, that was a movie I was going into a little skeptical because it's a musical. 
about Hollywood. So of course, how you know they're going to love it, right? Yeah. It's uh, oh the good old days, and aren't we great? Patty pat ourselves on the back, but it's it's not really like that at all. Uh, I actually really really like this movie. I almost loved it as well. Um, it's worth the hype. I would not be pissed if it won Best Picture, even though I'll be rooting for Moonlight at this point. Um, just Gosling and Stone. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. I should probably use their full names. Uh, <laughs> are great in the movie. It's super charming. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's like a movie that I want to rewatch it. Like, for whatever reason, I watched it, like, kind of in the morning, and then I wanted to watch it again later that day. Just, I don't know. It's vibrant. It's well-made, incredibly well-made. The only downside, I would say, is that, like, the first 30 minutes or so are gangbusters, like, get you really in the spirit of the movie. And then it kind of has a lull in the middle that's still well-made, but kind of a lull. And then it ends really strong. So uh, definitely La La Land, worth the hype. Check it out if you can. And, uh, yeah, so I also watched Fences. Why is it sound like there's a dog right outside my door? Anyway. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else could hear that, but <laughs> Fences, the uh, the movie with uh, actually directed by Denzel Washington, starring Denzel Washington and Viola Davis as a married couple, and um, I want to say it takes place in Pittsburgh in the forties, forties, fifties, sixties, somewhere in there. He is a tr like uh, works with the trash company picking up trash and uh, becomes the first ever black uh, trash truck driver in Pittsburgh. But really the story, it's like it was adapted from a play where the entire thing takes place basically at their house. And it's basically the story of this guy and his relationship with his family. And it has its ups and downs, but... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain. There's not a whole lot to it other than it's uh, it's emotional. It's like a really strong family drama. Uh, Denzel Washington gives an amazing performance, as you might expect. Talking a mile a minute. I mean, I think his character might have more words per, per minute than anyone maybe in the history of movies. But uh, he's got some conflict with his sons and... There ends up being some conflict with his wife, and Viola Davis is amazing in it as well. Really good movie. I would recommend it. It wasn't amazing, but... I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, I don't think... I don't see how anyone could hate it or not like it. I mean, it's just... It's good. I think it probably is better as a play, though. For whatever reason. Like, I'm not into plays or anything like that at all, but after I was watched it, I was like... You know, I would really like to see that on stage. I think that would work really well, so who huh. knows? That's cool. I got two more movies. Um, I watched Christine, which is the story of Christine Chubbuck, who was a news broadcaster, a newscaster who – it's a true story where she killed herself on air. Uh, yeah, shot herself in the head live on television uh, and – this just is the story of her, like her life leading up to that point, basically. So it's a, uh, it's like one of those ticking time bomb movies. Like you know the ending, 
Yeah, well, yeah. well, hopefully you did. If not, I kind of just spoiled it. But, I mean, it's real-life events. <laughs> the only reason they made the movie. Uh, so it's like the whole time you're like trying to figure out, okay, so how did she get to this point? Or when is it going to happen? And it's just an incredibly well-made movie. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, amazing performance by Re- Rebecca Hall in the lead role. Uh, great supporting cast. They really, I think it takes place in the 70s, late 70s, and they get the the period piece aspect of it, like the time zone. That's I'm not saying it right, but the the time <laughs> time period, <laughs> correct. Like it's really well costuming, uh, uh, location scouting, all the stuff. Really good. It's like Anchorman, but much darker, <laughs> less funny. Uh, but yeah, um, it's a really really great movie, so I'd recommend that as well. I'm hoping we can review that at some point. Hopefully, there's yeah, nothing good. else out for one week, and we can we can talk about that. And the movie I'd really want to talk about, but I have to find out with you if you'd be willing to review it, is uh, The Handmaiden, a South Korean movie. Uh, the reason I've I heard s- about this movie. You've heard about it? Yeah. It's so good. It's incredibly it? good. And uh, I'll tell you what it's about, but I don't. I can't remember how you feel about foreign language films as far as like, I like them. I just sometimes I have a hard time getting around to watching them because yeah, it you takes have to spend, you have to focus so much. Yeah, I'm really hoping we can because well, the only other problem is it's really long. It's almost three hours long, and it's in obviously South Korean. But I feel like it's worth it. Um, so hopefully, yeah, I've heard great things about this. Yeah, movie, it's it's incredible. Uh, one of my favorite movies. Of the year, for sure. Of 2016, obviously, it would be one of 2017. But uh, basically, it's about... Uh, it's it's a drama. It's like a erotic thriller, almost. It's this, this woman, I guess she's kind of um, an heir of a big... Uh, what's it called? Inheritance. <laughs> she has yeah. all this money that basically she inherited and she lives with her uncle and her uncle wants to marry her (laughs) to get her money and it's like this kind of sickly gross evilish kind of guy seemingly and and then there's this other guy a con man who you meet who he wants to marry her instead to get the inheritance and he hires this thief, this small-time criminal at this town, this girl, he convinces her to become the heiress's handmaiden, right? So she can try to convince her to marry this guy instead of her uncle or whatever. It's uh, it's it's better than it sounds. And uh, <laughs> the, the handmaiden and the heiress actually kind of fall in love. And they have their little tryst. And there are many, there not many, but there are twists and turns from there that make it great. So I don't want to give any more away. But all I can say is please watch the movie, anybody that's listening. It's it's worth the, the effort to read the subtitles. Incredibly well made. Uh, great yeah, acting all around. Yeah. It's just great. It's the same guy that directed Old Boy. 
I'm sure you've heard of that. Oh yeah. Uh, I've I've watched bits and pieces of Old Boy before, like they remade it. Yeah. Yeah, the remake I heard is not great, but the original is amazing. <laughs> Did we review it? I don't think so because I've never seen it. Maybe I just watched it. Could be. I still, it's Josh I Brolin, so I mean, yeah. it isn't like... I can't believe I never watched it, because I did love the original. I guess I just was scared off by the reviews. I think it's not as dark as the original, necessarily. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, but I had a great week watching movies, because 2016... Yeah, I was going to say, that was all really solid. Yeah, 2016 went from, like, this ho-hum kind of you know, disappointing year to all of a sudden I watched four movies that are now in my top 10 for the year in one week. So yeah, that was awesome. And I'm just still dying to see Manchester by the sea. I know Amazon bought the rights to it. So I'm hoping they'll put it on their service sometime relatively soon. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. should be on prime at some point. So hopefully they release it before the Oscars. Cause I, I want to see it real bad. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Uh, All right, so that's it for what else I watched, or we watched, you watched. (laughs) Let's get to a little bit of news. Golden Globes happened uh, since we last spoke, I think. And, uh, I mean, not much to say. I didn't watch it, but I I know Moonlight won Best Drama. La La Land won Best Comedy Slash Musical. So those seem like they're battling it out head-to-head. For Oscar glory. And Manchester by the Sea, I feel like, is the dark horse just behind them, from what I understand. Very cool. Um, trying to think if there's any other note. I guess Meryl Streep's speech got a lot of publicity. I didn't even watch it, so I don't really know. I know she talks shit about football and mixed martial arts, but whatever. Well, she says something like, if we didn't have Hollywood, all we'd have is the NFL and UFC. Why can't we have them all? I love them all. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't bother me. A lot of people were upset, but, I mean, whatever. She's old, and she's Hollywood elite. What do you expect her to say? Yeah, I don't see why it matters that she said it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, Yeah, I don't either. But, I mean, there's plenty of people that just, like, don't. She's just saying all we had was is sports if we didn't have, like, drama. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. People... Well, can blow anything out of proportion. Uh, let's see. The Cohen Brothers, we talked about them a little bit on this episode. They're developing a TV show uh, called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And that sounds awesome. I mean, not the title. I could care less about the title. But Cohen Brothers making prestige TV. Hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know which network it would be. Hopefully HBO or FX. Or AMC, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they think it's like a big enough story where they could do like a mini series and then a movie to cap it off. Which, oh, that's man, cool. ambitious. I love it. I mean, Coen Brothers one of the best directors out there. Even if I don't immediately get everything they make, usually on rewatch or just reconsideration, I mean, you you can do nothing but respect what those guys yeah. do, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, we got a White Men Can't Jump remake in the works. Why? <laughs> I don't know. 
I mean, I remember liking that movie. It's when not I was a bad kid. movie. Yeah. By its means, but... <laughs> Is it going to be called White Man Still Can't Jump? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Gotta this get... is not... I don't know. Is this the right climate for that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. White men can't jump, but they can do anything else they want. Jesus. I don't know. Woody Harrelson has to <laughs> reprise the role. If Woody Harrelson is the lead again, that would be great. <laughs> same cast. we got to get the same exact cast. Uh we got some uh, video game news I thought I'd hit on. Nintendo Switch had its unveiling. Yes. Like uh, release date, price. It's coming out March 21st, I want to say. March 3rd. 3rd. Oh, geez, even better. So early March for $299, which was cheaper than I was expecting, but it makes sense. It's a good price. Yeah, I think uh, 250 would be a sweet spot for Yeah, it probably won't take long to get there. Probably holiday yeah. season, 2017. Uh, and they showed off Zelda Breath of the Wild. Which, that does. That amazing. looks incredible. Uh, and they also showed off the new Mario game, which looks really interesting. Yeah, it's, I like how the... It's crazy how they're willing to take such risks with their main franchise. Yeah. But they, I feel like that's all they ever put out. Like, they'll have one Zelda game every three, like, they don't get a lot of games out, right? It's mostly just first party or or imports. Yeah. I mean, their biggest sellers are definitely their first party stuff. Yeah, for sure. They have minor. Third. I mean, Skyrim's coming out for Switch. Oh, really? Cool. cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've heard the head of Xbox say that if people were saying Nintendo was in dire straits, and he was like, I don't know. I would kill to have their first party portfolio. Like, yeah, not to mention their franchises. portable gaming. They've killed that for decades now. Yeah, and I guess that's a smart move to make their console essentially portable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'm definitely interested in getting one. I know they're already sold out and stuff, but I, yeah. I think I'll probably get one for my daughter, maybe hopefully by the, you know Christmas 2017, something like that. Yeah, I don't think they're expecting after the first... Wait. I mean, Nintendo is notorious for doing this to the hardware on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Keep it in demand. But, Supply and um, demand makes sense. They apparently there's not a ton of stuff coming out until like close to holiday season, so they don't expect the like, huge, huge sales. Yeah, I don't that Mario game, especially that first level or whatever, where it's taking place like in realistic New York City. Yeah, that was super cool. I kind of wish the whole game was that, but they say they uh, it plays like uh, like Mario 64. Yeah, it kind of looked. Like, you can more free room a little bit. Yeah. Looked really cool. And then they had their other staples, like Mario Kart. Well, yeah, you can't eat Mario Party, I'm a, sure, yeah. A poor, like, a different version of the one that just came out. Yeah. Their new big game is this game called Splatoon. Yeah, I heard about that. Is this a sequel, or is it an import? I think for the Switch, it's... Actually, it might be Splatoon 2. For a lot of the 
games are like the Wii U version that came out before. Mm-hmm. You know, upgrade them and add some stuff. Like, yeah. I guess it's like almost like an HD remake. But are you gonna get one? Maybe eventually. Yeah. Have you played Splatoon? I've heard about it, but I don't really even know what it is. It's sort of a. Um, it's not a shooter for. But for lack of a better word, it's sort of like a class-based shooter. But instead of like shooting people, what you're trying to do is cover the whole area in your paint. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I guess, like a kind of a tug of war. Right. Huh. Some sort. But like, I guess, like every character has like a different kind of brush. One person might have like a, a gun. One person might have like a big roller. I guess they all have different yeah. stuff. I've never played it, but I've heard it's like pretty addicting and stuff. You yeah. play competitively. Yeah, man. I'm, I really do want to get back into video games, but it, it's so hard. Free time. I, I'm always choosing movies over it. But I did download the Walking Dead Telltale game for mobile. I want to try to check that out. I've heard it's great. Oh, I love it. You've played it? Yeah, it's nice. got it. The story's, like, legit. I wish they would, like, incorporate it into the show. (laughs) Yeah. And I heard, like, it's more effective because it puts you in control of, like, should you kill this person or put them out of the misery? I don't know. I've just heard... Yeah, it's like a spiraling, like, a tree. Yeah. Your decisions actually make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And, actually, my next news is the next Telltale game is Guardians of the Galaxy. That's cool. Which, yeah, that seems like it could have potential for sure. Love the group of characters. I was, yeah, sure. I was going through the app store, like, looking for a game. I saw Walking Dead. They got more than I thought, uh, Telltale Games. Uh, they Once they kind of, uh, The Walking Dead, like, they were fairly popular before, but after The Walking Dead, they just, they got all kinds of franchises. And yeah, you got... Batman, Game of Thrones. Some people like the Batman one. I haven't heard the best things about Game of Thrones. I heard, like, no matter what you do, it's the same. But Yeah. I mean, it was cool. I ended up not buying the last episode just because I didn't care. Yeah. And I read the review on the end, and they were like, why? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I think they're doing a second season, though. That'd be cool. Game of Thrones. I mean, why not? You know, it's gonna make money, it's like printing money. Anything with Game of Thrones on it. I I like the whole idea though. For the game was they just took like a family whose name was mentioned like one time in the books, and they just sort of weaved them into the story like they're the, a background character. Yeah. But yeah, it ended up nothing really even mattered. <laughs> And uh, the last thing I saw, which I don't know how much this excites anyone else, but so they're making a Fire Emblem game for iOS. Really? Yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes, which it's a strategy RPG for mobile. Uh, Actually, it hits Android like early February, I think, and they said iOS soon after. So I, I always used to like those games, those RPGs for PlayStation, so... I've never actually played one, but 
Yeah, it's, sure good things it's definitely a good good series for sure. I uh, can't exactly remember what it was like. I just remember loving it. Remember loving Breath of Fire, Suikoden, and Fire Emblem. Those were like my big three yeah. RPGs. Well, a lot of people would make the arguments when the Suikoden's are the best ones ever. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. But yeah, let's get to Prejudgment Day. A little trailer action. Um, some under the radar type stuff on this uh, installment. First, we got Raw. Which is, it looks like it's a movie when, I mean, there was... This looks crazy. This looks insane. Uh, looks like it's a movie where a girl somehow goes through some kind of ritual and then becomes a cannibal. And the trailer did a great job of visually, like, I I was grossed out at a certain point. I was, like, hor- horrified at a certain point. And I was excited to see the movie at a certain point. Yeah, like, I always I was gonna say it made me always feel like I don't wanna watch this, but like at the same time that feeling made me like I gotta watch this. Yeah, exactly. It was a really well put together trailer. And I've heard like that it did really well at film festivals last year. Like I've heard nothing I mean I haven't heard a ton about it, but what I've heard about it is nothing but good stuff. So Yeah, I mean it's a movie where I'm like should I watch this? <laughs> but I have to because I'm kind of curious how uh, how it all comes together. Nice. I'll give it an uh, 8 out of 10. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a 7, but I'm still I still want to see more about it or yeah. want to see it. Yeah. I can't even t- There was no dialogue in the movie i don't i think it's a foreign language film but i don't <laughs> I know say, i thought that too but yeah uh, but i have a feeling this could be a nomination for best horror movie at the next red box awards uh all right next up we got slight which i saw a thing saying or no in the trailer i think it says chronicle meets iron man and i was like I saw that before I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Got to watch it. Got to see what's going on here." But I don't, I don't know exactly how they got that. But it definitely looks interesting. This looks like the story of a a street magician who gets in over his head with some crime, and then like he has real magic, and he kind of like harnesses it to, you know, do whatever. <laughs> this actually looked better than I thought it would. Yeah, I agree. It looked kind of good. Or, like, the whole time I was watching it, like, this shouldn't be good. This can't be good. It like, actually looks kind of cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get the Chronicle aspect where it's, you know, he's slowly building up his telekinesis powers, but I don't know where that quote got Iron Man from. Yeah. But uh, maybe it goes to the place that the trailer didn't show yet. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested. And this was not on my radar whatsoever until I saw the the trailer, and now I'm interested. So seven and a half out of ten for me. Yeah, I'd go the same thing. All right, next we got Girlfriend's Day, which is probably the movie that will be out the soonest. It's a Netflix original. Comes out on Valentine's Day, starring Bob Odenkirk and Andy Richter. And it's uh looks like a dramedy maybe or like a 
a romantic comedy maybe <laughs> or actually even had some like action thriller type beats in the trailer but Bob Odenkirk plays a guy who used to write uh, holiday cards make a living that way but then he got divorced and he lost the passion for it lost the ability until all of a sudden they create a new holiday called Girlfriend's Day and he's re-inspired and and all of a sudden there's like a murder mystery or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't follow it. Has to do with it. Yeah, it's like this little, I don't know, it looks like a dark comedy. It looks, I'll watch it. It's on Netflix. I'll watch it. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll watch it too. It. I don't know if it's like really for me, but it looks like it could be good. Yeah, I was intrigued for sure. Like it, it wasn't a trailer where I was like, oh my God, I got to see this movie, but... It showed enough where, and I like just Bob Odenkirk in general. Uh, he's funny just by himself. So I, I, I definitely, I know what I'm doing Valentine's Day. That's all I'll say. Sweet. I'll probably give it like a six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it like a six. And lastly, we have The Wizard of Lies, which is an HBO original movie coming out in May, starring Robert De Niro as... As who is it? Huh? Who is it? Is it Bernie Madoff? Yes, Bernie Madoff. Yeah, that's right. And Michelle Pfeiffer is in it as well. Yeah, this looks uh, really good. The story of Bernie Madoff. Yeah, it does look good. It looked like it was a little trippier than I thought it would be. Uh, Like, yeah, I'm interested to see how they're telling the story in the movie. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like through flashbacks. Like. Yeah. Usually I would expect the HBO movie to be pretty straightforward, but this one looks like it actually has some, like, they let the director play around with it. Yeah, a little pizzazz. Yeah. It's kind of like the young Pope with that, that other director. So maybe it's a direction they're trying to go in. But, yeah, Robert De Niro looks like he's not mailing this one in. Looks like he's, I mean, didn't get a whole lot to go off of, but. Yeah. Seems like he's given it uh Go, 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 a good performance. Uh, and it's HBO, so you know it'll have at least a certain level of quality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely going to try to check that out when it comes out. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see it. I'll say 7 out of 10. I'll give it a 7.5. Nice. All right, well, that'll do it for episode 190 of the Red Box Report. I almost just went into the intro again because I <laughs> never say it like that. Uh, well, the next episode looks like we're going to try to review Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a movie I talked about briefly a month or so ago. But it's I think it's a movie worth talking about a little bit more, going more in depth. Uh, a New Zealand movie. Uh, yeah, we're going to I don't know what the top five will be, but that's probably what we'll be reviewing. And if you have any thoughts on that movie or anything else in general, email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at redboxreport. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, review us on iTunes. Check out the website, theredboxreport.com. And until next time, California Whoa. You don't have
be 